As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. State Farm is committed to being your top choice when ensuring the things that matter to you. My Cultura podcast host, Dramos, also believes in the power of financial knowledge. That's why he makes sure to share his financial tips on his podcast, Life as a Gringo. When I was wanting to purchase my first home, I wanted to buy a, a property that also made me money, you know. So with the property that I purchased, I actually have a tenant. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at es.statefarm.com. State Farm is a proud partner of the My Cultura Podcast Network. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes in a Nissan Pathfinder, search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 12 to 3 Eastern, 9 to noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and FS1. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Herd. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Oh, here we go on a vibrant Monday. Lots and lots to talk about. It's Los Angeles. Another wet, cold front coming in like the rest of the country. It's the herd, wherever you may be and however you may be listening. Thanks for making us part of your day. What, uh, Colin right, Colin wrong, one hour from now. Plenty of both, a lot of stuff. What a fun weekend. I know it probably isn't healthy, but sitting on my couch watching college basketball from Friday afternoon until late last night as Gonzaga beat TCU in a very good game. I can't tell you the last time. I mean, during the NFL season, you and I, football season, you get a lot of that. But I just sat there, and I know college basketball, the high end, the NBA talent, isn't what it used to be. But um, And it's more of a defensive tournament. But, boy, the energy and the intensity, wasn't it great? Oh, unbelievable stuff, Coward. And, you know, at the risk of tooting my own horn, I'm leading two bracket contests <laughs> after the first weekend. And in the Fox Sports Radio talent pool, take a guess who's number one. Right here, baby. It was a great weekend of basketball. Well, it wasn't great for me that way, but I got to start with this. Here's what's left. 11 conferences represented in the final 16 teams. That's pretty cool, but it goes beyond that. Forget the brackets for a second. Just let's talk parts of the country. The West, fans out West, Gonzaga's in it. UCLA is in it. San Diego State's in it. Let's go to the South. How about Arkansas? Thought they were dead middle of the season. Arkansas in it, Texas in it, uh, Tennessee's in it. Boy, did they have a second half against Duke. How about the Midwest? Creighton's around, Xavier's around, and Tom Izzo and Sparty are still alive. How about the East? Princeton, UConn. Just forget the brackets. Look, college football's never going to give you that. The one and done in the transfer portal. What you can you can complain about it and you don't like it and sometimes I think there needs to be guardrails, but it works for college basketball. I mean Princeton isn't lucky. Princeton's pretty good. I watch Florida Atlantic. They're talented. I watch San Diego State. Damn, they're good. 
I mean, right now, Gonzaga is a better basketball program than Kentucky. And San Diego State's better than arguably everybody in the Big Ten. Sorry, they are. With a transfer portal, you can make remake your roster in six weeks. Look what Arkansas did. You can go from wobbly to loaded in a couple of months. College football is more popular, and there's more professional bodies on the floor. But college basketball is endless hope. Arkansas is a great example. At one point, they were, what, 8-10 and 10 in the SEC. I mean, you have two losses by October in college football. Enjoy a second-tier bowl game. Not here. 8-10. and 10. Middle of the season for Arkansas. I watched them play Kansas. My takeaway was, I don't know. I think they're better. We have 16 teams left from 13 states. And you know I love my college football. But three states are overwhelmingly, and I can tell you who they are right now, control college football this year. One will be from Georgia. One will be from Alabama and Ohio or Michigan. Take your pick. This year it may be Michigan. And, and it's March. And college football season doesn't start for six months. And I love the sport. But it's too regional. It's why over the last decade the ratings have gone down. I don't know if it's the one and done. I don't know if it's the transfer portal. I had a blast watching this weekend. And I know... The athletes are better now than ever. But if they're really good, they're off to the NBA. But there's just enough offensive talent and just enough talent overall to make it really compelling. I had a blast. College football now is the SEC Big Ten Invitational. Occasionally add in an Oregon or a Clemson or an Oklahoma. That's what it is. Again, I can tell you who's in next year's playoff, at least two to three of them. So complain all you want. You can complain in, about things in life or you can embrace it because most stuff, most cultures here, it's changing, adapt or die. I thought it was spectacular. Forget just the brackets, the East, the West, Plain States, Midwest. Uh, I thought it was absolutely fantastic basketball. I couldn't take my eyes off it. And it doesn't matter that Drew Timmy probably won't be a great NBA player. He's a great college player. And that's fine, too. All right, so this is interesting. You know, everybody wants to tell you how valuable they are, how important they are. And that's fine. We all should have a little bit of vanity. It's not terrible, right? I know they say pride before the fall, but it's okay. Feel good about yourself. But um, ultimately, you'll be judged. Your value as a professional athlete or an actor or uh, I'm going to see a movie premiere tonight. I never go see those things. Uh, Air, the MJ story, Matt Damon. And uh, your value is when you're on the open market. And isn't this interesting? According to Albert Breer, teams not, not in the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes are saying they would not give up a first-round pick for him. They would give up, the Jets would give up a second this year and then a conditional pick next year. Now think about that. Two years ago, Matt Stafford, with a losing record, went for two first-round picks, a second-round pick, and a Super Bowl quarterback, Jared Goff. Aaron Rodgers today. Second round pick, maybe a third rounder next year, conditional. Prickly, not committed, kind of old. If Patrick Mahomes was available on the market today, we were discussing this as a team this morning. I, I got five first round picks minimum. Minimum in perpetuity until he retires. I mean, give him five first-round picks, thirds, fourths, and a player. I mean, good God, Tyreek Hill, a wide receiver, went for five picks. Christian McCaffrey, 
A running back that struggles to stay healthy went for a collection of picks. I know, I know, I know you think I'm picking on Aaron. This is what the market is telling you. And that's why Green Bay and the Jets are in a bit of a, a stalemate. It's because the Jets are like, we like him. We're not giving you a first-round pick. He doesn't commit to the offseason. We just watched him with young wide receivers. It wasn't great. We can't get him to really commit to us for anything beyond this year. You got to combine all this stuff. When you're talking about a guy's market, it's not just, well, a couple of years ago, he won the MVP. Is he committed? Is he healthy? Is he in good shape? Does he come into camp focused? Is he willing to go to OTAs with young wide receivers and young backs and a rebuilt offensive line? But it's very interesting. Tyreek Hill went for five picks, a wide receiver. Right now, Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson would go for more than a first-round pick. And the word on the market with Aaron Rodgers, a first-ballot Hall of Famer, no argument, a second-rounder this year, and then we'll figure out if he plays next year, maybe a third. The market tells you what you're worth. I don't, and you don't. Mark Slarathon last week on the potential trade compensation for AR. I don't know that they want to make him suffer, but they definitely want to try to maximize the value. So then you have to ask yourself, what is the value? What is the value in regards to draft picks and potential compensation from that standpoint versus the value of just getting that number off your salary cap? And so, you know, I think the Jets are playing that game like, hey, dudes, you can't carry that number on your salary cap, so eventually you've got to make a deal with us, and we're not going to give you the capital that maybe the Broncos gave a 34-year-old quarterback in Russell Wilson last year. It's, it's very interesting. Uh, Lamar Jackson uh, today doesn't have much of a market. Aaron Rodgers doesn't have much of a market. So make of it what you will. The market determines your value. I don't. The media doesn't. Second-round pick. And maybe something next year if he plays. That's it. Um, so I, going back, Colin right, Colin wrong in one hour from now. Uh, going back to the tournament, I had Duke winning it all. But I, I, I did think one of the things I really liked watching this tournament is that the teams are younger than ever because obviously the transfer portal, guys moving around. And I think if you're Mike Krzyzewski and you're Jay Wright or you're Roy Williams and you're older, it's a lot uh, but I'll say this, and I'll say it about college football. I watched college football last year. I watched USC and LSU, Brian Kelly and Lincoln Riley, literally turn chaotic programs around in one season. And both LSU and USC got the offense right very quickly. It's very hard in college football to solve both sides of the ball in one transfer portal and recruiting class. Very difficult. But they both, Brian Kelly at LSU, big brand, USC, Lincoln, Roddy, big brand, they definitely uh, solve one side of the ball. But in college basketball, it's different. You get three really good players, like at Arkansas, you've solved everything. You can solve your guard. You can solve, I mean, I'm, I'm watching Tennessee beat Duke. Um, and, and by the way, I am for... Like Kentucky's model is go heavy, heavy, heavy into 18-year-olds and high school five-star. But last year, never forget that Kentucky won the national championship, and they had five-star guys, but their leading scores were a senior and two juniors. So Kentucky's got been, become a little bit of a turnstile, and what happens is you often have very young players playing against older players. So I, I'm watching like Texas this weekend. Texas got seniors. 
Texas has seniors everywhere. That's a big advantage when you're playing an 18 to 19 year old and your guys are 22 and can push young guys around. Never forget, it's hard to win an, as good as the Fab Five was. It's hard to win a college championship with 18, 19 year olds, and it's hard to win in the playoffs with 23 year olds. As good as all these young guys are in the NBA, the history tells you old guys will Boston, Milwaukee, you know, even Denver has got some veteran players. That's what wins in basketball these days. So I, I enjoyed the heck of it. I thought it was so much fun. I want to talk about John Calipari, what to do with what they have at Kentucky next. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Your teen requested a ride, but this time, not from you. It's through their Uber teen account. You probably drive your teenager around a lot. They have gymnastics club, science club, rec soccer club, school soccer club, club soccer club, and three-hour clarinet club on Saturday night. Perfect. Now, with an Uber teen account, you can be there even when you can't. It's an Uber account that allows your teen to request a ride under your supervision. They ride with a highly rated driver. And with live trip tracking, you can follow along the whole ride. Thank you. Add your teen to your Uber account today. See app for details. What does it take to run a small business? Heart, smarts, and the nerve to risk it all in the face of adversity. Listen to The Unshakables, the new podcast now available from Chase for Business and iHeart. It features real stories from real small business owners who take you through the turmoil, triumphs, and quick turns that help their businesses break through. Learn more at chase.com slash business slash podcast. Chase, make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank and a member FDIC. Copyright 2024, J.P. Morgan Chase and Company. Yeah, one of the differences of college basketball, Michigan State, I think, shot 12% from 3-1. and one. Kansas State couldn't hit the broadside of a boat in the first half. I think they were over 12 on threes, and I think they... They led Kentucky. So in the NBA, it's very much driven by the three-pointer, not good or bad. It's just I, I I, tend to like layered basketball. I like having a classic big school. Drew Timmy for Gonzaga down low, I like that. But Kentucky's a fascinating story because last year they lost to St. Peter's. Now losing in the tournament, the great coaches of all time lost in the tournament a lot. Uh, Mike Krzyzewski, Roy Williams, Bill Self, it's okay. Last year they lost to St. Peter's. That's not acceptable for Kentucky. Uh, that would be Alabama, you know, 10 years into Nick Saban's reign, losing at home to Troy. He just can't do that. 
Um, so here are the teams that have made the final four since the last time Kentucky did. There's 18. Many of these are football schools. Auburn, Baylor, Duke, Gonzaga twice, Houston, Kansas, Oregon, Oklahoma, North Carolina, Michigan State, Michigan, Loyola of Chicago, South Carolina, Syracuse, Texas Tech, uh, UCLA. Can't wait for UCLA-Gonzaga. What a game that'll be. Villanova, Virginia. So there's a three-year trend for Kentucky, and they are um, underachieving is fair. Uh, I think it's temporary. Uh, they were the first to really embrace the one-and-done, and they deserve a ton of credit for it, and they had a lot of success. They did win a national championship, won, just won, but they still won, and they deserve credit for it. Then Duke came in, Kansas came in, and those guys have both won a title since. And it should be noted again, when Kansas won the title last year, their three scores, leading scores, were two juniors and a senior. Uh, I think Kentucky's in a weird spot where they're not quite sure what they are. Are they going to go back to the high school five-star players? That's what I would do. Or are they going to do the transfer portal? They could nibble at that. But I would go back to what they do really well. It's a great program. I'd go back heavy to the high school kids. Uh, some will be one and done. Not all of them will be. But right now, Villanova and Gonzaga, I would prefer doing it that way. I don't, I don't want the drama. I don't need five stars. I don't like the turnstile uh, college programs like Kentucky. I think it's harder to coach, harder to create chemistry. And, um, you know, Texas, their best eight players, six are seniors. I like that. Bigger, stronger, physical men, not kids. But Kentucky's had a great deal of success. I think they're trapped in the middle. Do they want to be a transfer portal team? Uh, that certainly works. Do they want to be a five-star, one-and-done program? They had great success with that. But um, next year, Kentucky's five best players, I looked this morning at recruiting, four of them will be high school players. That may be their best avenue and go very light in the transfer portal, make it a glamour program with the high school kids. But, I mean, AT&T's doing a commercial making fun of Kentucky one and done. We can make fun of it, but they had a lot more success just doing that than what they are now. Here's John Calipari after. I understand what this program's about, and uh, I think, again, that's what makes it what it is, and that's why I tell players this isn't for everybody because the expectations are so high. And um, the same with coaching. It's not for everybody. This thing is there's, there's a high expectation level, and it is Kentucky. You put that on, the other team's going to play out of their minds, and they're going to play like they have nothing to lose. And that means you got to play that way. Yeah, listen, um, the reality is he's a great recruiter and a great salesman. He's always been fair to the media, sometimes feisty. I think he deeply cares about his kids. Uh, he's built this program up. Kentucky basketball can be a hornet's nest. Um, you know, with Duke, not that it, Duke is easy, but it's a small school. There's an academic lean. Uh, I always feel like it just works as a basketball school with its academics and its history and everybody, the professors, the athletes, everybody's all in. Uh, you know, Kentucky, you had Calipari this year sparring with a football coach. So I think it's a hard job. Uh, there's media swarming all over it. The expectations are uh, out of this world. But I do think they're kind of caught in a weird place. I feel like Duke, uh, Gonzaga, UCLA, um, I think they know what they are. And I, I feel like Kentucky's got to go back to being sort of this glamour program with the high school stars. That's what they are. That's what they won with. I think he's a really good teacher. 
Uh, whether he's the best X's and O's coach, I don't know. I'm not a coach. I don't know. I never think Kentucky's poorly coached. I've asked some coaching friends. They think Kentucky's well coached. Uh, so we'll see. But um, right now they're underachieving. And five years ago they were the glamour program. So success is hard. There's animosity. Duke nibbled away at their success. And right now, um, you know, Duke's in a better spot overall as a program despite Mike Krzyzewski being gone. Here's J-Mac with the news. No, 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 no. Turn on the news. This is the Herdline News. Got to say I love the college basketball start to the show. Very exciting. You oh, know, it's just an awesome tournament a, and – Kentucky's in a world of hurt right now. It is. Well, I don't know who's more upset, Kentucky fans at their coach or Purdue fans at Matt Painter. I had some Purdue fans, a guy who played there I'm buddies with. They are just irate. I mean, Painter well, every he, year in March. Well, the, in fairness, um, the Big Ten doesn't have a history in the last 25 years of winning the tournament. And Michigan State's the are they the lone survivor now out of the Big Ten? Whereas the SEC, Tennessee looked great, Arkansas looked great, Texas is moving into the conference, they look great. So I don't know if in that footprint are there more just great athletes in the South, perhaps in Texas, perhaps that's probably it. But um, I mean, I, I I Purdue leaned on leaned on a seven foot two kid, Edie. Seven four. So, is a seven, seven four. four kid. So he's a he's a really 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 good college basketball right. player. There's no perimeter game. I think he's a little slow footed for the NBA. You could expose him. Great college basketball kid, and they leaned on him. And you know when you kind of are one player. I mean Gonzaga has Drew Timmy, but they've got a lot of talent and a lot of experience, and a lot of guys can score. I felt Purdue felt like they were. They really depended on Edie a lot, and, you know, it, it's hard in the tournament. The, the coach just refusing to come out of man-to-man. All they did was attack Edie in the pick-and-roll. 7-4, like you said, doesn't move his feet well. And he didn't take a shot, I think, for like six minutes down the stretch. Guys were just bricking open threes. Oh, tough one for Purdue. All right, let's get to the NFL, Colin. Interesting Lamar Jackson news from over the weekend. Still uh, nobody really talking to him, but ESPN's Jeremy Fowler gave an update Um, Listen to these four teams. Uh, Right now, there's no real firm offer sheet for Lamar Jackson that I'm aware of. Teams are slow playing this. The draft will be a good indicator. You have a team like the Colts at four. If they can't get the quarterback of their future in the draft, maybe they pivot to Lamar Jackson. The Jets, should they strike out with Rodgers, they could pivot. Then you have wild cards like Tennessee, New England. You never know. What do you make of this? Well, I, I read a story um, last night before I just finished up TCU and Gonzaga, and I'm sitting there, you know, reading sports stuff before I go to bed. So those those sports stories are percolating in my head. <laughs> and there was a story about an offensive lineman for Tennessee, Ben Jones, Ooh. leaving. And I thought, oh, I know Vrabel loves Ben Jones. Are they clearing space? So that that may I, I told you I thought Aaron and Tennessee I I always thought if he was going to leave Green Bay that was the place. So I th- I think the Jets will get him. But Mike Vrabel's too good of a coach, and he's got power in the franchise. Don't you think there's some ego there that he wants to now that he controls more of the franchise to win more? And he also looks at Trevor Lawrence knowing. They've got a star quarterback in this division. They play twice a year. So the idea that Mike Vrabel is just going to sit back there with the, the Willis kid, the young quarterback, Malik Willis, I just... It, it seems like the GM who's been ousted wanted Willis, and I don't know that Vrabel did. Because remember, late in the season, playoffs on the line, you got to beat Jacksonville. They started the, uh, the kid Josh Dobbs uh, instead of Malik Willis, right? So I don't know that Willis is in the future plans. You could be onto something, but... I, I, I wonder... What do they do with Tannehill? Big big cap hit. 
Would he be willing to move off him? I just, Vrabel's really smart. And he looks around the AFC and he sees Mahomes and Burrow and Herbert and Lawrence and Lamar. He can't think what he's got now is, even in his own division, I mean, if the Colts got Lamar Jackson tomorrow, Lamar Jackson and Trevor Lawrence, you're fighting for third with Houston. Yeah. Now, the New England aspect is kind of interesting here. Bill Belichick did remember go for Cam Newton a couple years ago after Brady left. They don't have much on offense there. There were skill position players kind of spotty. There was the talk of DeAndre Hopkins possibly. Um, Patriots and Lamar Jackson, that feels like... The Ravens would never let him go because well, remember would, the history of Harbaugh and, and Belichick. I would love that, but let me ask you: Then where would Mac Jones go? Mm. And anywhere the Patriots want him to. I, 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 you and I differ greatly on Mac Jones. Like, if the Patriots all of a sudden said, "We got Lamar," who wants Mac Jones? Do you think there's a robust market for Mac Jones out there? I think there? it's bigger than you think. I he's think he's on a rookie deal. Uh, he's on a rookie deal. I think Kyle Shanahan would look. I think. Robert Sala, if this thing drags out, would look. In the division? Okay. People do that all the time now. It's not like it used to be. I mean, it used to be you didn't do that. This year, the Lions trade a great tight end to Minnesota. And we were both like, what in the... Just the way people now... They it make just, trades. It feels weird Br- bringing in uh, the new offensive coordinator to work with him. I, it all right. All right. Seems just throwing it out there. All right. Next up, uh, how about the Lakers last night? Coward, what a performance from Austin Reeves, the Oklahoma legend. Look at that, 35 points, career high. Um, He was on fire. He carried them. People were looking for Anthony Davis, you know, needing a win in this one after that brutal loss on, I believe it was Friday, to the Mavs. And Austin Reeves just took over the game. Final 10 points of the night. Here he is talking about his career night. Every time I take the court... um play with a sense of urgency um, and, you know, leave it all out on the floor because, uh, I mean, I just feel like that's how basketball should be played. And for them to, you know, recognize, you know, what I do, uh, obviously not an MVP um, caliber player. Uh, guys that are really good, but um, for them to do that for me is, is special and means a lot to me. So, you know, shout out Laker Nation. I took the weekend off of the NBA. I was all in on college basketball. He's a great story. Undrafted kid, right? Undrafted out of Oklahoma. He was a three-star high school recruit. Not a ton of interest. And I'm telling you, do you remember his final game at Oklahoma? Because I did tweet I about this. I don't. They played Gonzaga, which was undefeated at the time. And basically, it was Austin Reeves against like a bunch of future pros. Jalen Suggs <laughs> was there for uh, Gonzaga and uh, Corey Kispert. Both of them won the first round. Austin Reeves was the best player on the court. Timmy had 30, but it was Austin Reeves against the world. He had 27, kept them in the game for a while. And you could just tell, this is that kid who hung around college for a while. He knows how to play, not afraid of anyone. There's value in these guys, and the NBA loves, oh, give me the 18, 19-year-old who's young. This guy came into the league. He's been damn good on the Lakers two straight years. No, it's a good story for the Lakers. I mean, we've been critical of some of their... um you know, some of their moves through the years being too star obsessed. But I, you know, if you start looking at the Lakers and when they went and got Rui and they went and got, they have Reeves, is that they've got some like Malik yeah. Beasley. They've got some really dependable role players. They didn't go get a star coach. They went and got Darvin Ham, who's a defensive guy. By the way, since Westbrook left, the Lakers, I think, are the number one defic- defense efficiency rating yeah. in the league. So Reeves can defend. It's, it's, it's very un-Laker-like, where it's not star-driven. It's not about offense. It's Darvin Ham, defense, and role players, and they're 
semi-viable. You think they're going to get in? You, no, I don't. Uh, do you remember last week we talked about why is Troy Brown playing so much? Why is Austin Reeves chained to the bench and Lonnie Walker's not even playing? Like, I don't know what's going on with the rotation. By the way, uh, Brian Windhorst, who we both know, uh, he said that he believes LeBron may not be coming back until like the very end of the regular season. They're going to need nights like this from Austin Reeves. Um, did you watch the Friday night Mavs buzzer beater against uh, the Lakers? I saw a highlight. I was all locked in. I told you, I know, Friday I afternoon too. on. But it was tough not to. Uh, Anthony Davis had a brutal final minute. I heard, I heard that. Bad foul on a th- foul the three-point shooter, missed a free throw, and then lost his guy who hits the game-winning three. It was a rough weekend for the AD truthers out there in Laker Nation. And there aren't many left, Colin. You were early on this. I think you were saying it like January. Anthony Davis's days feel numbered in L.A. All right, final story is the World Baseball Classic. It's been great. By the way, watch the teams here. If you want to know if this thing is successful, first of all, a million people were watching the games last week. Watch the reaction of the players. They're going crazy. And did you notice... Oh, look who it is. Paul Goldschmidt. Uh, Ryan, do you remember that? (laughs) What have I been saying? The most... Hall of Famer, most underrated player in the sport for a decade, Paul Goldschmidt, has been vital for Team USA. Don't they play uh, Cuba tomorrow night? uh, Well, uh, let me catch up here. So uh, they beat Cuba 14-2 yesterday in the semifinals. Like you said, uh, Paul Goldschmidt and Trey Turner each drove in four runs. Awesome performance. Uh, They will face tomorrow. uh, Tomorrow night they'll face the winner of Mexico-Japan, which is tonight. That's right. Here's USA manager Mark DeRosa after the game on how Team USA is gelling. They're swinging the bats good. They're having fun being around each other. They're passing the baton. They're not having selfish ABs. Constant pressure. I'm blown away by the way these guys control the strike zone. Trey Turner's in the zone right now, hitting everything he sees. So just, to, like I said, able to get everybody in there, have some fun, relax, and let the pitchers do their thing. It's been great. The players are totally into it. And, well, and yeah, so Japan's mostly no... Uh, Otani could pitch for them. We're more about offense. Yeah. Uh, other nations, Japan's more about dominating pitching. But the 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 ratings have been very good, like double and tripling Major League Baseball regular season games, and the teams are totally into it, and the fans are into it. I think it. the key word here is urgency, right? Uh, this is a short tournament. It's, like, condensed, and everybody's, in, like, deeply into it. Baseball season's a long slog. Even college hoops, you could see the energy over the week, uh, over the weekend in the Sweet 16, it's like your season, your career is over. With the World Baseball Classic, like tonight, Mexico, Japan, that's going to get a big number. That's a huge game to see who the uh, U.S. will face tomorrow on FS1, 6.30 p.m. Now, you guys all laughed at me. Didn't you guys laugh at me when I said Paul Goldschmidt's a Hall of Famer? I did not laugh because I wouldn't know Paul Goldschmidt if he delivered a pizza <laughs> to the studio right now. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think someone over here, uh, over my shoulder, laughed a little bit. Baseball guy Ryan. You, yeah. you, when I said that... I said he's the most underrated player in the sport for a decade, and you guys all like, and I'm like, isn't he a Hall of Famer? That's what we were laughing at you for. I don't think most people are arguing against Paul Goldschmidt being a bad player. I'm saying a Hall of Famer. (laughs) You don't think? I think most people think, yeah, he's definitely on track to be a Hall of Famer, especially considering he just won an MVP. Only I in America have noticed his talent. (laughs) I I will sit out the Paul Goldschmidt uh, Hall of Fame discussion. I'll let you two go at it. For my Derek Carr could be a Hall of Famer. So Goldschmidt just piled. Can the guy win a playoff game first before we put him in the Hall of Fame? Just one playoff win. That's all. All right. J-Mac with the news. 
Well, that's the news. And thanks for stopping by. The Herd Line And I hear news. baseball fans are getting all worked up because there's been a couple of injuries. The Mets lost a closer. There's another guy that got hurt over the weekend. Folks, it's baseball. Who plays 162 games? I mean, that's the reality of the sport. Think about how long the NBA season is. Double it. That's the baseball season. That doesn't count the long spring training. If you win a couple series, you're playing another 15, 20 games postseason. You can potentially play 200 games in baseball. Guys get hurt. Nobody's playing all those games. So to me, baseball, I always think about this. You watch the Little League World Series, wild celebrations. You watch College Baseball World Series in uh, Omaha, wild celebrations. You watch the World Baseball Classic, wild celebrations. Why don't we see that in Major League Baseball? It's fun. That's all. When I turn on the College World Series or the Little League World Series or this, the energy jumps through the television sets. Palpable. You can totally feel it. Major League Baseball, lighten up. Let guys have more fun. I think the sport's doing a better job of this. But when I watch this, my takeaway is, look at the fans. Look at the players. They're completely into it. It's a success, period. And the numbers validate it. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Two NBA insiders podcasting twice a week to plug you right into the NBA grapevine. All happening in only one place. This League Uncut, the new NBA podcast with me, Chris Haynes. And me, Mark Stein. Join us as we team up to expound on everything we're covering, hearing, and chasing. Listen to This League Uncut with Chris Haynes and Mark Stein on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Your teen requested a ride, but this time, not from you. It's through their Uber teen account. You probably drive your teenager around a lot. They have gymnastics club, science club, rec soccer club, school soccer club, club soccer club, and three-hour clarinet club on Saturday night. Perfect. Now, with an Uber teen account, you can be there even when you can't. It's an Uber account that allows your teen to request a ride under your supervision. They ride with a highly rated driver. And with live trip tracking, you can follow along the whole ride. Thank you. Add your teen to your Uber account today. See app for details. What does it take to run a small business? Heart, smarts, and the nerve to risk it all in the face of adversity. Listen to The Unshakables, the new podcast now available from Chase for Business and iHeart. It features real stories from real small business owners who take you through the turmoil, triumphs, and quick turns that help their businesses break through. Learn more at chase.com slash business slash podcast. Chase, make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank and a member FDIC. Copyright 2024. J.P. Morgan Chase and Company. This is the football you live for, the real deal. The official start of the new season of the USFL kicks off April 15th and 16th on Fox. 
FS1, and NBC. So uh, Odell Beckham is denying that he wants $20 million. Uh, there was a story that came out a couple weeks ago, and we kind of rolled our eyes at $20 million. I would love to have OBJ on my team as a number two or a three receiver. He's as talented as a number one receiver. He's not Justin Jefferson. Uh, I don't think he's Jamar Chase, uh, Stephon Diggs, but he's really, really talented. I'd love to have him on my team. I would love to have him as a number two. I thought the Rams used him brilliantly. You had Cooper Cup as the volume-wide receiver, OBJ uh kind of the burner up the field wide receiver van jefferson is a three use your tight ends mcveigh's offense matt stafford i thought it was great and he was having a great super bowl then you know he's 30 years old he's increasingly brittle uh, i'm not building my franchise around him but the 20 million dollars he is saying he didn't put that out there but he also had a tweet this weekend saying i think i'm worth more than four million dollars i actually think four to six is where the market is at um here's the problem um he plays a wide receiver. He plays a position that college football now gives the NFL more than any position in football. College football produces 20 receivers a year they give to the NFL. They don't, you know, there's maybe one great edge rusher a year, maybe two. There's two great quarterbacks. There may be two great left tackles, uh, four or five good running backs, very few great interior defensive linemen. Literally, college football gives the NFL 20 receivers a year and six or seven make big, big rookie impacts. So there used to be a term called diva wide receiver, and it's over. There's too many Devontae Adams and Cooper Cups. There's too many Mike Evans, Chris Godwins. There's too many guys out there. You, you get no drama. And I'm not anti-OBJ, but he comes with drama. Uh, I thought he did a pretty good job in Cleveland Came to L.A. He likes attention. That's okay. He's young. I get it. He makes a lot of money on Instagram and social stuff and shoe stuff. Totally understand it. But uh, I don't think he has much of a market. In 1995, Nebraska, the best college football program in the 90s, Nebraska had one wide receiver on the field most of the game. Now Alabama is a wide receiver school. Ohio State is a, is a wide receiver school. These programs that were known for defense and toughness and linebackers and corners and those are wide receiver schools. So I, you know, I think OBJ is absolutely worth something. Uh, but Kansas City got rid of their dramatic wide receiver Tyreek Hill, got five picks and won a Super Bowl with a bunch of number two and number three castoffs and a rookie wide receiver. Now it's Mahomes, I get it, but you start looking around the NFL, uh, not 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 been a lot of drama on Super Bowl winning teams. There's not a lot of drama. And I, I do think with OBJ, that's part of it. So you got the brittle thing, the drama thing. I think he works hard. He never gets tired. He's an unbelievably conditioned athlete. He can be spectacular. He's fast. But 30 brittle at the wrong position is not a place I'd want to be if I was uh, Odell Beckham. Uh, the other thing, speaking of wide receivers, um, I saw the Cowboys picked up Brandon Cooks. So th this story kind of cracked me up. So everybody's freaking out. So... Dallas uh, gave up a fifth and a six-round pick to get Brandon Cooks from Houston. That's what they got for Amari Cooper. I'd rather have Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper last year, nobody was watching. But Amari Cooper last year was sensational. Nine touchdowns, 78 catches. With Jacoby Brissett and a rusty Deshaun Watson. Amari Cooper last year was sensational. But they had to let him go because of the Zeke contract and because they overpaid Dak. 
So if you gave me this morning C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, and Dalton Schultz, that is an elite receiver tight end group. If you give me Brandon Cook, C.D. Lamb, and maybe Dalton Schultz, who may get an offer, eh, nothing special. So again, lesson learned, hopefully, for Dallas. I got nothing against Brandon Cooks. Uh, There's been some concern with concussions. He may retire very soon. This would be his fifth team in eight seasons. So, and, And what would worry me about Brandon Cooks, who bailed on him? Sean McVay bailed on him. Sean Payton bailed on him. Bill Belichick moved off him. Those are three of the. If you threw Andy Reid in there, arguably four of the best coaches in the last decade in the NFL. So I, I think Brandon Cooks is fine. He can run. He's really fast. But McVay moved off him very quickly. Belichick did. Sean Payton did. Uh, he's not solving anything for Dallas. Uh, if C.D. Lamb twisted an ankle in week two, Brandon Cooks is your number one, you're not, you're not a playoff team. So I'm not anti, but there's some concussions. Uh, how durable, fifth team in eight years, great coaches moved off him. Uh, I, I think this has been uh, the offseason of the Dallas Cowboys not adding great players, hopefully learning a lesson. Do not pay a running back two years early because the owner likes him. And do not wait until the very end so Dak Prescott has more and more momentum. Pay him early. Pay him in the 20s, not the 40s. I got nothing against Dak, but he's Kirk Cousins with a better brand. You can't be paying him top of the market. It's like paying Ryan Tannehill top of the market. You can't do it. You just can't do it. You can't afford good players. So that's where we stand today. Colin right, Colin wrong uh, next hour. Uh, Something else that jumped out to me over the weekend. So when I watch college football, if you watch an SEC game or even a Michigan-Ohio State, Michigan-Penn State, LSU-Georgia, when you watch big games, it looks a lot like the NFL. Four wide NFL bodies everywhere. Because in college football, you have to stay minimum three years. Most guys stay four. But in college basketball, you don't. You can one and done it. So there's a lot of young, talented players uh, I've always said college basketball is a bit like an airport. Nobody, you know, nobody really wants to be there very long, uh, especially if they're talented. It's an apartment complex. It's an airport. People want to get there, get situated, get in the next plane, get in the next next place to live. But Drew Timmy's fascinating. So I think sometimes it bothers college basketball fans that some of their best players are not built for the NBA. Drew Timmy's not built for the NBA. He would be exposed defensively. He doesn't shoot from the perimeter. He's a back-to-the-basket, mostly old-school guy who's a tremendous college player. Uh, He blocks some shots at the college level. Not that he couldn't do that in the NBA, but he's not. I I, I view him as a late second-round player. Um, He doesn't shoot threes like the kid at Purdue. He doesn't shoot threes. Neither one. Both could be exposed. If you go, think about this. If you go to the last 10 most outstanding players in the tournament. The last 10, a decade, that's a real fair sample. One has been a stud in the NBA, Anthony Davis. One of 10, 10%. And Anthony Davis is different. Anthony Davis is bigger, longer, stronger, uh, runs the floor, could handle the ball. Uh, It's nothing against Drew Timmy, but I think he is the classic great college basketball player. And that's okay. College basketball doesn't even look like the NBA. In the NBA, if you're 0 for 16 shooting threes, you're in big trouble. Kansas State couldn't hit a three-pointer in the first half. I think they led Kentucky. Michigan State's been terrible at it. 
And if you watch Michigan State's win, it really came down to defense. Their big got a couple of crucial blocks at the end of the game, and that's why they won the game. Wasn't about offense. Nobody's, it, very few teams in this tournament now are going to win because of offense. It's a defense and coaching tournament. That's fine. But that's not what the NBA is. Not that defense doesn't matter, but on most regular season nights and a lot of playoff nights, you got to hit threes. You got to score points. Remember this. As people always talk about great defenders, the glove. Glove didn't stop Michael Jordan. Nobody ever stopped Kobe. Bill Russell's the greatest defensive player of all time. Wilt Chamberlain scored 40 and 50 points, I'm sure more than once, against Bill Russell. Wilt Chamberlain scored on everybody. Michael scored on everybody. Kobe scored on everybody. <laughs> you know, right now in the NBA, Kevin Durant can score on everybody. It just doesn't matter. Booker can score on everybody. So, Devin Booker. So, I, I think Drew Timmy is a terrific college player. And that's it. And that's okay. College basketball doesn't look like the NBA at all. College baseball doesn't look, frankly, a lot like Major League Baseball. Uh, but college football does, and that's why it gets bigger ratings. It does look like a reasonable facsimile to the NFL. You're getting three and four. You're getting men playing against men with NFL bodies everywhere, forced to stay into college. Minimum three years. Most guys stay four. Some stay five. It's not what college basketball. A lot of the best players are 19 years old. They're not refined. They're not polished. You see all the time in the NFL where a guy comes into the NFL from college and he, Jamar Chase is immediately an, an elite, elite NFL player. At his, Sauce Gardner, elite player. Very rarely do you see a college basketball player come in. They have weight issues, injury issues. They hit a wall in game 60. Uh, they're, they're not refined offensively. They get exp Even LeBron James out of high school got totally exposed defensively his first year and a half, two years in the NBA. He could score, great in transition, but he didn't know how to play defense. Been playing high schoolers his whole life. So that's where we are. Gonzaga-UCLA, I think, will be the best game in the tournament. Well, what, let me ask, what would you advise Drew Timmy? I believe he'll have a fifth year due to the COVID year. Do you say, hey, Drew, you got one more year if he does of eligibility? Stay at Gonzaga. Make the NIL money. Maybe win a title with the Zags. Or do you want to go be a second-round pick, sit on the end well, of the bench? I think he's been such a dominant. His dad and mom were both really good athletes. So he comes from an athletic family. Uh, neither his mom or dad you know, made a fortune in sports. They were just good athletes. He probably wants to make some money. And so I, I think somebody will draft him in the second round, and he'll be, yeah. you know, he, he remember the guy that Wisconsin a few years ago who was a great college player, uh, Sam Decker? No, no, he was a, he was a Frank Kaminsky. Frank Kaminsky is a great example where he was just built to be a really, really, really dominant college player. You know, in the NBA, that's not it, it, it's going to get exposed on the defensive end. That's okay. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
Your teen requested a ride, but this time not from you. It's through their Uber teen account. You drive your teenager around a lot to their friend Jacob's house, their other friend Jake's house, to James's, to Jaden's, to Jalen's, to. Oh, uh, mom, this is Jake's house, not Jacob's. Now with an Uber teen account, your teen can request a ride under your supervision. They'll ride with a highly rated driver, and with live trip tracking, you'll follow along the whole ride to their friends' houses that all sound the same. Add your teen to your Uber account today. See app for details. Bye, mom.